2: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey,
2: everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York on the other line in Los Angeles is the Fifty Shades of Grey to my NBA All-Star Weekend. Keith Coffield, how's it going, Keith? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Are you seeing Fifty Shades of Grey this weekend? No, God, no. Because I was, I mean, I didn't know, and I, I said I'm the NBA All-Star Weekend because that's what I'll be doing this weekend. I'll but, be watching a lot of basketball. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm not doing either of those things, but I'll take it. It's good. <laughs> Are you going to watch the SNL 40th anniversary thing? That's, that's like the other big thing,
1: the uh, pop culture thing this weekend. Valentine's Day is also the big thing this weekend. So, Well,
2: yeah, just in terms
1: of pop culture. Right, in terms know. of pop culture, yes. I mean, I guess I'll probably end up watching some of the SNL thing. I think <laughs> it's on what? Is what? I guess it's on Saturday night?
2: I think it's on Sunday night in a little little change up, in a little change up. Hmm. It's
1: Sunday night live. Anyway, (laughs) moving on.
2: Before we begin, uh, Keith, uh, I want to thank everyone once again who tuned in for our Pop Shop Podcast live post-Grammy show uh, a couple nights ago. It was very fun. It was very fun for Keith and I, uh, and uh, I'm back on the East Coast. It's very chilly here. I I already missed that los angeles sunshine it makes you feel but, any better
1: it's supposed to be in the 80s here today
2: uh, that doesn't make me feel better at all that makes me feel worse keith oh, okay but uh we have a, we have a packed show as we always do uh we're gonna be talking about taylor swift sam smith tovlo um four or five seconds ellie golding missy ellie and then later in the show we have a very special guest cody simpson stopped by the pop shop podcast After. to talk about his new music. He actually played some new music for us a little bit ago. He chatted about his change in musical direction as well as his work with Justin Bieber. So that that was a fun interview, and we will get to that in a bit. Um, also, before we begin, some quick housekeeping notes. If you have any questions for us, hit us up on Twitter. He's Keith underscore Caulfield. I'm at Jason Lipschutz. And if you like the show, give us a rating or write a review on iTunes. We always appreciate that. And hey. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. It's just—it's just the the smart thing to do. So, Keith, are you ready? Yeah, um, yes. We got to talk about we got to talk about Taylor Swift first because it's been a couple weeks uh, since we've checked in on the Billboard 200 albums chart. And it hey, look actually, at that. Yeah.
1: It truly has. <laughs> We're not lying. We actually has been a couple weeks since we talked about the Billboard 200, because we've had like podcasts that have not been about the charts in the past weeks. Exactly,
2: exactly. And you know what? The last time we talked about it, I have a feeling that Taylor Swift's 1989 was at number one. And hey, look at that. Taylor Swift's 1989 is at number one, spending its 11th week at number one, Keith. Let's uh let's break it down. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. Um, what uh what is it selling these days? Like is it still just going really strong or has it just kind of been that quiet time period
1: in the album release schedule where it can just dominate? Well here's the here's the interesting thing. This week, um in the ending February eighth, um the the album that actually sold more copies was not Taylor Swift's nineteen eighty nine album. It was oh. actually the Now 53 compilation, which sold 99,000 copies. Uh, Taylor Swift's 1989 was the second biggest selling album of the week, with 77,000 copies sold. All of these all of these, uh, statistics are according to Nielsen Music. Um, so why is Taylor Swift number one on the Billboard 200 chart for the 11th week? Well, instead of Now 53, it's because uh, Taylor Swift also has um, track sales uh, helping her because the Billboard 200 is a uh, multi metric consumption chart, blending together album sales, track equivalent album uh, per- purchases, and streaming equivalent album uh, purchases. I mean, not purchases, but streams. So yeah. the now album doesn't have that going for it, whereas Taylor Swift does. And that's how Taylor is number one for the 11th week. It is still selling well, yes. And the tracks uh, are doing quite well as well. Um, but that's the reason why it's number one this week. And, yes, so there you go. I've answered your question.
2: Well, there you go. I mean, in your in your Billboard 200 chart analysis that ran this morning, Wednesday morning, you mentioned that only a couple albums have been number one for 10-plus weeks.
1: Well, not, since... not just a couple. A, a lot of albums, you know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, not that many, but you know quite a few albums have been number one for more than 10 weeks but in recent times not yeah that i was many. gonna say i know well that's what i was gonna say oh, i was just that i don't that know thing. i people misinterpret what i write <laughs> all the time and then come at me on twitter do they really well who's coming at you on twitter man? well okay pe- people rightfully came at me last week when i forgot to say what the number two album was on the on uh, in my story and that's hey. a complete blunder on my part and i'm still stinging because of that oh uh, you shouldn't st- hey we all we're all human we're only we're all human born to make mistakes so keith
2: um so i i mean some of the some of these other albums that you mentioned uh recently uh being number one for 10 plus weeks are uh taylor swift fearless of course people forget how big of an album fearless was i think because it was a couple of years ago and she's had other big albums since then like speak now and, and Red, but fearless the only one to win Album of the Year uh, so far for, for Taylor. And I, I think, how many weeks was it number
1: one? 11. The front yeah, 11 that's, that, yeah. that, that's the hook this week. Uh, 1989 ties Fearless as Taylor Swift's longest-running number one album. Okay, so how many weeks, I mean,
2: let's let's look into your chart, Crystal Ball. It's it, this is a total guess, but um, uh, an educated guess, I would say. How, how many weeks do you see 1989 continuing to be number
1: one? Oh, who knows? I mean, we won't... Um It won't be number one next week, most likely. Um, So there's one week that it won't be number one. Who's Um, knocking it out? Excuse me? Who's knocking it out of the the penthouse? Well, it could either be the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack. Oh yeah, because hey, you know what you what better way to celebrate your Valentine's Day weekend than with Fifty Shades of Grey? Um, or maybe Sam Smith's <laughs> album. Uh, in that the was a little Hour.
2: that was a little shade of gray right there. That was, I will say.
1: <laughs> that was just shady. Um, or it could be Sam Smith's in the Lonely Hour um, as it uh, builds from the momentum. Earned from the Grammy Awards uh, yeah. last Sunday, where Sam Smith won four awards, and all four of those awards were on air. Um, so clearly, his album is going to benefit from that as well. So I don't have prognostications exactly on how much Sam is going to sell, but the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack could do like over a hundred and like eighty thousand copies, wow. just pure album sales. That's not counting whatever streams and track sales it may have. So that's kind of going to be difficult to beat but hey you never know the grammy the the grammy effect is quite large so we'll know better in the next day or two and maybe by the time you guys are listening to this there'll be a story up online that'll have slightly more details well
2: let's skip ahead a little bit just because we're talking about the 50 shades of gray soundtrack and and one thing a soundtrack in modern times i would say desperately wants to have is a breakout hit a legitimate hit on the hot 100 and that's what this 50 shades of gray soundtrack has with ellie golding's love me like you do moves into the top 10 of the Hot 100 this week. It's kind of quietly snuck up the Hot 100 chart. And it, Keith, I mean, this looks like a legitimate hit, right?
1: Um, Yeah, I've, I've now brought up the uh, Hot 100 in front of me because I did not have it up until just now. It goes hey, 14 go. to 9. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, didn't the video come out last week with like never-before-seen scenes from the film or was it the week before? I feel like the, the, the music video is helping, but it is a legitimate hit. Um you know it's it's doing well um both in terms of streams and sales. The radio is um catching up as well. Um so it's not one of those hits where it's like really weirdly imbalanced um among the three sectors of points that make up its uh overall total on the Hot 100. Yeah. It's doing well across the board. So yeah, I'm I'm surprised that this movie has a soundtrack with like hit singles on it. Um you know between the Beyonce remix, her sort of new re envisioning of "Crazy in Love" that that accompanied the trailer uh, last year, and was it's on the soundtrack. And then you also have um, the weekend track, which is doing well. You have the Ellie Goulding song, which is now top ten, which is kind of nuts. Um, and then you have like weird things like Annie Lennox's "I've Put a Spell on You" is on this album. Yeah, she performed that on the Grammy Awards. It's also on her Super own album, strange. Nostalgia. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird how this movie of all things is going to have this really big album um with a bunch of hit singles
2: what's and and the ironic part is that last year at this time the divergent soundtrack came out and that had a um that had a single by ellie golding by uh beating heart and that song and that soundtrack just did not do that well and you know ellie's come back she still hasn't put out a new album or anything come back with another soundtrack song love me like you do and, and
1: that's one really is taking off i suppose you know the difference is you know um you know maybe 50 shades of gray is reaching you know audiences that wouldn't necessarily you know are you know, are are more into purchasing tracks and maybe that's reaching a different kind of demographic than divergent yeah. would but i mean i don't know i mean it, it seems like this this is almost reacting like a like a like the first hunger games album or the first twilight album it's it's that kind of like you know blockbuster book series turned movie event and like anything attached to it is going to be huge but you know that usually doesn't translate into hit singles and that's actually happening now that's what's really unique about this
2: yeah absolutely so um keith jason let's talk um while we're on the Hot 100, while you have it in front of you, mm-hmm. uh, I want to bring up very quickly Missy Elliott back on the Hot 100, and we talked about her a little bit uh, about the Super Bowl because she was rumored to be coming out with Katy Perry. She did indeed come out with Katy Perry, perform three new song or three old <laughs> new songs, three old songs. New to most Excuse people me. that were watching it, probably.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and they sh- and they shouldn't be. Come on, get your freak on, work it, lose control. Uh, all amazing, incredible tracks.
1: And uh, a couple of them back on the Hot 100, Keith. Yeah, Work It uh, re-enters uh, at number thirty-five, and Get Your Freak On re-enters at number forty. Uh, That's awesome. Which, which is That's, crazy. I'm so
2: that makes me so happy as a Missy Alley fan. Yeah,
1: she had a she had a huge. Um, I don't have her overall sales gain yet because I, I haven't I haven't finished doing the math yet. Um, but obviously, there will be a story up by the time people are listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, just for reference, Work It. Uh, debuts on our digital songs chart at number nine. and And you're probably wondering, well, how can it debut? It's an old song. Well, the digital songs chart started in like, I think 2004 and Work It came out before that and had already finished its sort of run in terms of being a popular track. So finally, now, because of the Super Bowl, it debuts at number nine. It sold 83,000 downloads last week. That was a 300% sales gain. Um, and then Get Your Freak On debuts at 14 uh, with 78,000. That's up 316%. And Lose Control, featuring Sierra and Fat Man Scoop, debuts at number 18 with 59,000 downloads, and that's up 257%. Clearly, Missy was the big winner in terms of the performances from the show. Katy Perry did just fine. But, you know, Katy Perry is an artist where most people probably already owned a lot of her stuff because she's such a sort of recent vintage artist that is very digital, whereas Missy Elliott has been basically effectively off the radar for like 10 years. So everyone is kind of like discovering this Missy Elliott woman, I think, to a certain degree. It's pretty unbelievable, and uh, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> what What's been
2: cool about this whole process is I, I don't know if you heard, but it sounds like she and Timbaland are back in the studio. This has been a, a reawakening process for her as an artist. She's talked about how surprised she's been at the reception at the reception she's gotten, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get some some new music from her too soon. It's been almost a decade, which is which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, her last
1: album, I think, was the Cookbook in two thousand five. Yeah, think. yeah. So it's been almost yeah, almost 10 years, yeah.
2: Unbelievable. So Keith, let's go to a new segment that we have here on the Pop Shop podcast. We've been kicking around for a little bit. And because we we talk about the Hot 100's top 10 and we're going to get to that in a second, but I let's let's bump this up a little bit. Uh these are the songs that are not in the top 10 yet but could be getting there shortly and are worth keeping an eye on. We're going to try to do this every week uh to give people a little bit better idea of what's going on on the lower reaches of the Hot 100. This is Soon to be Hits. All right. I think do we I, I we probably had some music there. So that's cool. Um I think Keith. so.
1: I, I really like that groove. That was fun. And there's probably yeah. no groove at all to it.
2: <laughs> Soon to be Hits. Keith, let's uh let's kick it off. You have one. Um yeah, which one do you want me to start with? Let's start with, uh, we talked about Taylor. Let's talk, uh, yeah, let's start with uh, Style.
1: Yeah, so Style is certainly on, on its way to becoming a top 10 hit. Uh, it's the third official single from Taylor's 1989 album. It's primed for a big jump on next week's Billboard Hot 100. As the song's music video is slated to premiere later this week, um, Taylor teased it with an Instagram uh, video the other day. She may have done it again since. Um, the song this week on the chart is already off to a great start um it moves 29 There's to 18 one on to the hot 100 its airplay has been building the past few weeks um and it was building before it was even uh, officially selected or announced as a single um people were just that red hot for the song um and with its rise up the chart this week you know because it jumps into the top 20 it becomes her 33rd top 20 hit and just as a point of note that is as many top 20 hits as michael jackson has earned so Whoa. Hey-o. fun stat for you it's not like a record or anything but it's just like hey taylor swift has just as many top 20 hits top as michael jackson michael
2: jackson hmm. unbelievable and and keith we've been getting a couple i don't know maybe it was just me but i i've been getting a, a couple tweets about this song saying like why haven't you guys talked about style yet and well you now know, it's we f- are now we are, and, and the thing is that it, this is never really before the, the video announcement. I don't think it was ever officially declared the third single from 1989, but obviously a fan favorite and like like you said uh, a second ago this music video is just going to make it skyrocket even more can't wait for that on friday keith what is next on soon to be hits um, what did you want to talk about yours
1: now or am I you know what? Talk yeah, about my uh, one?
2: yeah let me let's yeah let's alternate uh, let me talk about talking body by tovlo it moves 95 to 83 in its second week on the hot 100 chart one of your now, favorite this, artists by the way one of my favorite artists and the the thing about this song is that um, you know Habits was a top 10 hit, obviously, for Tove It put her on a lot of people's radar. But Queen of the Clouds is such a strong album. It's such a fun pop album. I can't imagine it not producing, maybe not as big of a hit, but something of a follow-up hit. And it looks like Talking Body has a good shot at being that the video was released on January 12th. It has 4.6 million views. This is just getting started again. It's only in the 80s on the Hot 100, but definitely worth keeping an eye on.
1: And uh, Keith, you have one more for us. Yes. Uh, this this will be our third and final selection of the week. <laughs> um, it's uh, Sam Smith's uh, Lay Me Down. It debuts at number 75 on the Hot 100 this week, powered in part by its new one-take music video, which premiered on February 5th. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's really cool. Um, it goes from like a... Um, well, I can't tell you. I'll spoil it. But it's... Yeah, don't don't spoil it. It is it's, very it's, cool, though. It's, it's very cool, and um, it's very surprising, and uh you you, you you when you you watch it more than once going okay how did they where did they put the people and how did they it's one of those videos um also notable um is a funky dance remix of the song that was um officially released and promoted through Sam Smith's um uh social network channels um by Paul Wolford I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly um it was loaded to his uh SoundCloud account last weekend it already has more than 125,000 plays and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this song actually popped onto our dance club songs chart in the next few weeks because of this particular remix and perhaps other remixes that may follow. So do check that out on Sam Smith SoundCloud and watch for "Lay Me Down" to move up the Hot 100 in the coming weeks.
2: Totally, totally, totally. Cannot, uh, cannot, you know, overlook any Sam Smith song these days. Uh, thank you, Keith. That was soon to be hits. All right, so speaking of Sam Smith, let's let's quickly get to the Grammys a little bit. We talked about uh, the show itself, but we indicated a couple days ago on our post-Grammy show that some of these songs and albums that uh, did well or were performed are going to get some bumps on our charts. And so far, Keith, uh, in your chart column this morning, it seems like Sam Smith and Ed Sheeran were the big winners album wise is that fair to say
1: well i mean those those were the the, the two albums in the top 10 that are the most because i run down the top 10 each week and sure. my story so those happen to be the ones in the top 10 um i don't have the full uh recap much like the super bowl thing since it's still early in the morning and haven't finished all of my math equations yet um but um haven't done your homework the, it's like the the AP calculus teacher is going around collecting. It's like, Keith, where's your chart? Oh It's also ten twenty in the morning on the west coast. so yeah, let's let's not let's not slam me too much here. <laughs> um, there, there's There's a lot of um, significant song sales gains, uh, you know, for example, Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud, which he sang on the show, it's up 22% in sales. It sold 269000 uh, The Rihanna-Kanye-Paul McCartney track, 4 or 5 Seconds, is up 31% in sales. I mean, we can go down the list here. Uh, you know, There's, there's a, a, a ream of, of songs that show huge gains from the Grammy Awards. Um, we will see bigger gains perhaps next week after we have a full seven days worth of impact from the show. Um, because the games that we're seeing today that we're talking about today all happen the night of the show because Nielsen's tracking week ends on Sunday night every week and the Grammy Awards aired on Sunday night. So it was basically people reacting on iTunes, um, and other digital services because, you know, they're not exactly running to, you know, target to do some shopping that night after the show. So you yeah, know, it, we're we're going to see a lot of casual, you know, casual purchases of, of the Sam Smith physical CD this week. You know, maybe people picking up the the Beck album, which won um, album of the year, uh, Morning Phase. So we will see more impact uh, next week, definitely.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned the Rihanna, Kanye, Paul McCartney song Four or Five Seconds," uh, and which was my pick to to get a big bump
1: after the Grammy Awards. He did it. Uh, it it, it it seems like it. It's now in the top 10 of the Hot 100, man. Yeah, it's 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 Paul McCartney's. So it goes top 10 on the hot, on the Hot 100. Um and you know, obviously it's cool that, you know, Rihanna and, and Kanye West have yet another top 10 single. That's cool. Um by sure. the way, it jumps 15 to 6 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. And yeah. Um so yes, it's another top 10 for Rihanna, another top 10 for Kanye. That's cool. But it's also um <laughs> Paul McCartney's highest charting single uh since 1984 when uh no more lonely nights peaked at number 6 um,
2: 31 years. Yeah, a, a,
1: a while. A while. Um <laughs> so it's a little crazy. Um but yeah, there you go. Uh it's nice it's nice to have um friends like Rihanna and Kanye West. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, uh, obviously the big news this week was not the four or five seconds stuff in terms of Kanye it was it was the whole him almost rushing the stage and interrupting Beck which we thought on Sunday night was kind of like a joke and then he comes out and says no I was serious and then he just
1: makes it all crappy
2: yeah and you know what I honestly and he said some more stuff this morning on uh, Ryan Seacrest he, he he kind of backtracked a little bit and, and said that he never meant to undermine Beck and he he misspoke about that he was undermining the Grammys I, I, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. I'm just kinda of sick of it. It's been like nonstop. What he should've just said was like, look, I was drunk takes. when I
1: said that after the show. <laughs> I I'd still- had a couple drinks and I was I was, you know, flying off the handle and He I- did
2: say he did say the um I think Seacrest asked him why he uh went up on, on stage, and he said that the voices inside his head told him to.
1: Oh, good. So I was, I was like, all, all, all right. <laughs> I was like, at least you're honest about those voices in your yeah, head. Yeah, exactly. We all I, have yeah. voices. Sometimes, you know, some of them yeah, are just louder on. than others, and some of them some tell are like, you to go on stage at the Grammy Awards.
2: Yeah, mine are like, you know, when I'm in line to get a salad for lunch, they're like, get some pepperoni pizza. I'll be like, oh, yeah, okay. Right. Um, mm. And... But, yeah, they don't tell me to rush the stage at the Grammys. I, I don't really want to talk about it just because there's been so many hot takes and think pieces online. If uh,
1: Here's you know. my question. I want to know, and, and maybe this came up in his Ryan Seacrest interview. Did Ryan Should ask him if he's a voting member of the Academy?
2: I don't think he did.
1: He hmm. definitely did not uh, the Seacrest, uh, but I don't think anyone's asked I would him like that. to know, because, you know, frankly, change comes from within. True. And um, if you're going to be upset with the Recording Academy about how they vote for particular categories at the Grammy Awards, you should probably the be body. a voting member. And it doesn't—he only needs like I think eight credits or six, eight credits on commercially released products. So he yeah. was eligible many, many moons ago. It's a good um, question. It's a good point. Well, there's there's a whole there's a whole lot of major recording artists who are not actually voting members of the Academy because. You know uh, for whatever reason you know this most people don't understand how it works and i think you know if you're going to complain it's kind of like complaining about oh man obama did this i'm like did you vote for him did you vote did you not you know don't complain unless you're actually part of the process and then you know it, it's so that's what i have to say i want to know if he's actually a voting member and if he's not then you really need to scale back your kind of griping because you're not actually yeah. helping the process and and if it's you true. want more I- pop let me just say this and i'll shut up if you want more pop and hip hop and if you feel that like certain kinds of genres are like getting like the short end of the stick in certain categories at the grammy awards then you need to you know empower like a younger generation of voters to join the academy like i want to know if beyonce and jay-z are voting members you know yeah they've got like 70 million grammys between all of them do they vote (laughs) okay i'll shut up now
2: yeah no no it's a great point it's um it 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 definitely is a great point that, you know, to, they they if they have that opportunity they better be voting or
1: else they're all you have to do is fill out a form and you pay a little bit of a fee that's it. But I'm sure done, a lot of artists are like I don't want to pay. Like did why you you know?
2: Did you hear also in that Ryan Seacrest interview on Wednesday morning? Uh, I haven't heard. Kanye it. said that he and Taylor Swift are hitting the studio together because you know that makes perfect sense. So there you go. I feel like it's it's like. And whenever that music drops, like the the clouds will open up and the sun will shine. And I look forward to a Beck Kanye harmony.
1: collaboration in about five years. Then, oh man,
2: <laughs> uh, Keith, we got to move on uh, to our Cody Simpson interview once again. Cody Simpson, a, um, a a teen pop star who is going in a little bit of a different direction he has a new album out this spring it is called free it is more influenced than anything by uh jack johnson and and um jason Mraz and, and pop singer songwriters of that ilk he talked about changing his style and working with justin Bieber. he did c- uh cut a collaborative album it seems with Bieber. and he answered if that will ever see the light of day dun dun dun. here it is cody simpson on the pop shop podcast
0: and she loves me. She love me not? She says she loves me. Has she
2: forgotten that she loves me? Love me one more. Time. Cody Simpson, thanks for stopping by, man. Dude, thanks you just, for having me, man. You just played some songs from the new album. Played a couple tunes. Free. <laughs> it's coming out later this year. Yeah. And such a change up for you in terms of what you're offering musically now. Do you feel a different level of enthusiasm about this project than you have about, you know, your your other projects your your Uh, honestly
0: like now i feel free you know what i mean i feel like liberated and i feel i feel so much more enthusiastic i just feel as though um you know because i'm writing for myself and i'm just writing on the guitar and 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 um when I at Cisco Adler, like we just like vibed so quickly, and, and ended up just you know starting like writing an album in a couple of weeks, and um, and we're starting to to um, roll out some of the tunes now, and, and I'm just stoked for people to hear what you know I have to offer, truly, you know, what I mean not what sort of other people have to offer for me, but what I have to offer. You know what I mean like personally and and let it flow straight out of me to the world um, and and to now be to be doing it independently and sort of to be starting my own label and and to be distributing everything through that um, is is a really cool feeling and eventually to hopefully be able to like sign other artists that kind of want to take the same route that I did um, we're sort of branching out from. From the tree, from the, from the major label tree and sort of carving your own, carving your own tree a little bit, you know? So, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm I'm curious as to that decision about going independent, um, in terms of going away from major label life, did you feel like that was an absolutely necessary move to accomplish what you wanted to? I don't think it was
0: absolutely necessary. Like, you know, I had, I had, um, there were other opportunities Mm -hmm. for me to take, um, from, from other, other homes. Um, but. I I I didn't want to go down that route. I just figured like, I I wanted to be in control of my own of my own destiny, you know. And I wanted to be in control of of my own music and and the way that it was that the way that it was rolled out, the way it was promoted, the way it was marketed to be to be now just very very close with with my own team and to be building um, such a great team around around my project. Um, it's cool. We're all young. We're all like just like pretty much like under 30 like doing just like starting a new generation of 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 um of music people and of creative people um and 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 the world of music that i'm that i'm I'm transitioning into is a very like independent and and free world from the like the like the jack johnson's the ben harper's and like i mean like it's it's very very organic and just you know and, and free flowing and, and 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 the best way I thought for me to do that was just to 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 go independent. I feel I feel so much better now because um, we get to we get to not have to conform to anything or anybody and not have to conform to like this is what's going to work on radio or this is what's going to going to work for for the masses. It's like what's going to work for me and how can I how can I um share that with the audience, you know.
2: I give you credit because it's not like you were unsuccessful doing what you did. No, but like, no, no, that's for sure. And that's yeah. the thing It's like yeah. you have like millions of fans who, you know, and and you've played to thousands of people at, yeah. at a time and and in your live for show. For
0: sure. But what I'm lucky, what I'm lucky, and what what's very fortunate is that I never truly had a hit as as that as um a younger younger artist. Like I never actually had like. A top five like radio, you know songs. So you see so, that. So, you, so
2: looking back, you see that as a for, as I a
0: fortunate. S- thing. I see as a for, as as uh, yeah, definitely a fortunate thing because um, it's not as though everyone knows. Like some people will see will see me and, and know who I am, but have never heard any of my songs. So that gives me a outlet to sort of introduce them to my music for the first time yeah. in the way that I want to, as opposed to everyone having known like a song that I did two years ago you know yeah and and obviously my fans know my fans know my music and they're going to grow with me and that they're very accepting of of where i'm headed and and because they're growing with me and those who were 14 when i was 14 are now like 18 19 20 and and um and like that stuff now you know what i mean and 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 it's cool like because when i'm 21 they're gonna be 21 i'm 25 they're gonna be 25 they're gonna want that stuff they're gonna want to come and like sit at you know an outdoor festival and like listen to music, you know, yeah as I mean, opposed and, to like
2: yeah, yeah. I, I mean you've uh, you've described this as the first step of a long journey, it sounds like yeah. you know no matter what happens with free and you, it sounds like you're in it for the long haul, in, yeah, in for terms sure, of committing to this kind of sound, and for this sure, this artistry,
0: and the thing was is, like, some people were, were like, well what if it what if it doesn't work, I'm like, with this stuff there's there's no way that it doesn't work, you know, whether it yeah. sells fifty records or like you know. Five hundred thousand. It's like, it's it's not, it's not like, you put a song out and if it doesn't go top five on radio, it was a failure. It's like it's like, not everyone has heard it yet, and and it's like a growth. It's like a steady growth. You know what I mean? And 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 hopefully by my third or fourth album, now, starting this one being you know my so-called first, like independently, um, hopefully by the third or fourth, you know maybe it might be it might be bigger and and more popular and stuff. But it's 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 a it's a, it's a long ride. You know what I mean? So.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned uh, Cisco Adler as a producer on this on this project. Yeah, Um, and you know the the songs sound great. I'm I'm curious, uh, you know, one of your friends, one of your very famous friends, Justin Bieber. How uh, instrumental was he in terms of like just kind of talking about this stuff and being like, you know, because he's had a transition in terms of his music, uh, especially with like Journals from a couple years ago and what he's working on now. Yeah. Um we actually
0: last year we actually did an entire acoustic album yeah
2: yeah yeah um
0: of which I don't totally know um what's going to happen with that because we we both sort of made a mutual decision to like get our own projects out before that um but now we're sort of going in such different musical directions. Um, but we we did put out something on online on like Spotify and 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 which on, did very on SoundCloud, well. Uh, Home to Mama, which yeah. which you know, I think gained gained a lot of traction. It was cool because it definitely was um, musically on my side of the table, which yeah. was cool because I got to play guitar and and yeah. You know. Well, it was cool because like he would riff and I would like copy it on the on the on the um my electric, but um. I think during the process of of making that that acoustic album um I definitely did realize that that I needed to go down my own lane you know what I mean and and that was like very natural for me because I was like, I was just like writing all these riffs and I was like wow I didn't realize how how much I can actually hold my own and, and create um like create because I sort of was 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 um going in then to, to cut songs and stuff and then like to actually now be able to just go in the studio with just nothing and and start from scratch and then create a riff and then write a song to it and stuff i think that that actual acoustic album process was sort of the first thing that that kind of triggered um kind of triggered that and and a lot of people have been telling me that that's what i need to be doing you know for, for years now and 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 you know it just takes some time growing up to to realize that and it's where i started and then you kind of you do the rounds of like Experimenting and learning, learning who you are, and then you sort of usually come back to your roots, so yeah,
2: yeah, do you do you think we'll ever get to hear that acoustic album if i I mean it makes sense for you guys to focus on your individual projects first, but yeah,
0: um possibly possibly, you know, I don't make any promises, yet, yeah but you know, you definitely hear something something more in the future, whether it's you know on my, my album or you know might like redo one of them I or.
2: mean uh, you know obviously you guys have huge fan bases could be kind of a, like a fun thing to just toss out and, yeah. and say like hey yeah. no for way. sure for
0: sure <laughs> I'm like I'm always I'm always open to to doing you know if once I establish my own music for what it is I can kind of go outside the box a little bit and, and do other things I'm, I'm very good friends with with um, Martin Garrix is one of my best friends yeah, in the world yeah. and, and he was like why don't you cut vocals on one of my like you know edm adm tracks and i was like at first i was like well it's not really where i'm going but it's like if i establish my own music and kind of like go and you know because ed did cool. one too you know so it was cool yeah And no one ever be the apple of your eye but i'll pick you a flower if you're like
2: So be on the lookout for Cody Simpson's new album, Free. Like I said, it should be out this spring. And thanks again to him for stopping by the Pop Shop Podcast. Keith. Yes. Are you ready? I am.
1: Charts out of the week. (laughs) Okay, so uh, when I looked up this particular number one hit that I'm going to be talking about, I was flabbergasted that it was number one 45 years ago. It doesn't seem like it's that old of a song, uh, but incredibly, 45 years ago this week, on February 14th, 1970, Sly and the Family Stones' Thank You for Letting Me Be oh, Myself yeah. Again hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. It was actually a double-sided single, uh, so it was actually Thank You for let Me Be Myself Again slash Everybody is a Star, hit number one. Um, it was the second number one hit for the very funky group, uh, which previously led the list with Everyday People in 1969. Um, and that incredible bass line in Thank You for Letting Me, the... So good. So good. In fact, so good um, that it was later sampled In Janet Jackson's number two hit, Rhythm Nation, uh, which came out in 1989. Of course. um, And then also referenced in any number of other songs, but also particularly well referenced in Brandy's number two hit, another one, uh, Sitting Up in My Room. It wasn't a direct sample, but it was kind of... A clearly kind interpolation. of interpolation yeah it's kind of like you know you hear those songs that kind of echo something it's very clear um so anyway there you go it's just that's a simple easy chart stat of the week 45 years ago this week sly and the family stone we're number one with thank you for letting me be myself again and, th- and thank you keith for being yourself and delivering that great Charts
2: out of the week. All right, that is going to do it for us at the Pop Shop Podcast. It feels like I, I got to say, Keith, it feels like a, a decompression kind of week and and a moment because now the You're Super Bowl is done, the Grammys are done. We worked our our butts off, um, and we still are because there's you know a lot of stuff coming up. The Oscars, of course, festival season right around the corner, uh, and then soon it'll be summer. But it's, it's like a nice that nice like little breather week, and I hope you enjoyed it on the Pop Shop Podcast. Thanks again to Cody Simpson for stopping by. Keith, do you have any parting words? I do not. All right, let's listen to my favorite Sly in the Family soon song, Family Fair. Thank you again for listening and being part of our family at the Pop Shop Podcast, and take care. Of
1: course, you all broke down. It's a family fair. It's a family fair.